I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where our friends come on and tell us real ghost stories. There's some kind of supernatural experience that they've had before. I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm JJ Crable. And today we got a very special guest, good friend of ours, Devin Tolley. That's me. Yeah. I'm Devin. Yeah. Why don't you say a little something about yourself, Devin? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> right off the bat. Um, I'm Devin Tully. Uh, I'm an actor and an improviser in Atlanta, and I've had a lot of spooky occurrences in my life. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about... Uh, like ghosts and spirits, mm. like at least a few times before. Mm. So we, I, you kind of know, uh, I'm I'm like on the skeptical side of the spectrum. It's kind of like the idea of this podcast is even though I don't believe in ghosts and Noah, you're, if, correct me if I'm wrong, ghost agnostic. Yeah, I'm more agnostic. I want to believe it exists because I have a real fear of death. And that means if I die, I can come back and haunt people or maybe catch a football game. I don't know what I get to do as a ghost, but I'm hoping mm -hmm. to be proven that 
There are ghosts. Yeah, but so we love listening to people's ghost stories, and I I think it would be awesome if ghosts exist. So I hope you convince us that mm. ghosts aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not to put one. that on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I appreciate when people are skeptical because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of the people who just like believe in a lot of this stuff right off the bat aren't even really. Uh, they're not even really paying attention or anything like that. They just kind of like want to believe. Yeah. and like it's like a fun thing and yeah. then it's just like um like they're not they haven't experienced anything they just like you know it's like a game to them but like mm-hmm. it's a game to them oh, yeah <laughs> this isn't a fucking game <laughs> <It's a table. laughs> um but uh but I think skepticism is smart. You know what I mean? Because the biggest thing about this is that, like, it's really uh, subjective. You know mm. what I mean? And, like, a lot of people experience the same kind of stuff in different ways. So it defies a lot of our, like, classic observational methods. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I myself, like, um, when I, I mean, my experiences are pretty like universal, like it's kind of like a day to day thing, but like, even I won't really talk about them or bring them up to other people unless I've experienced the same thing multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just like seeing something in the corner of my eye. I mean, like seeing the same person a couple times in like the same area of a house, you know what I mean? Or like if the same kind of thing happened several times, like even I am skeptical, but I've like experienced several things since I was like a small child. So do you have like a a spirit that's kind of the the same spirit that like comes back? Is it like you have the same spirits that kind of follow you or is it more geographic based? Um, A little bit of both. I've definitely been followed. I've even been victimized by uh, certain entities. I wouldn't necessarily call them ghosts. Uh Um, And also I've experienced things like, like I'd see the same ghost at my grandma's house or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, just in one particular place, like geographical, like you said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And does this happen on kind of a regular basis for you or? Yeah, relatively. I mean, like, honestly, um, if you uh, know, not know what you're looking for, but if you kind of understand how you experience these things, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, Because a lot of times, like, even with skeptical people, like, I've talked to a lot of skeptical people about this, um, they have had experiences, they just haven't known how to classify them. I mean, like, the honest truth is, Mm -hmm. is that I do genuinely believe that there's something repeatable to be observed in this if we took it seriously you know what i mean i think a lot of data when it comes to paranormal stuff is thrown out and a lot of it is left to pseudoscientists and like metaphysicists and people who are just full of shit and also just straight up grifters and stuff like that so it Mm -hmm. all just gets tied in with the same stuff you know what i mean like i've met people who have blown me away with stuff that they've been able to know just off the bat not having known me they don't have to ask me a lot of questions and they don't do that like uh, cold read thing where you yeah. start general and start to work your way down and people think right. people think that you're getting stuff from them but they're actually getting tons of information from you you know mm. what I mean uh-huh. like, whoa how did you know that I had an ant with an M in it because like you slowly told, slowly told me that your aunt is missing like it's many people have an M somewhere in their names and then they just slowly like build out mm. but having said that you know, there are a lot of people who have experienced many of the same things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
one thing, like you said, that followed me for a while, um, I actually did my own Google research and I found that many other people, like disparate people, even just people on like message boards and stuff had the same experience that I did, like down to the specific seeing the same thing. So in my mind, like the same spirit in two different places was like not spirit. I don't want to call it a spirit in my mind. Sorry. I'm kind of like yeah. three quarters no, of no a particular story. But like I had an experience where I saw something very specific um, and I kind of looked up what that was and not what it was, but if anyone had ever had it. And I found on message boards being like, has anyone ever seen anything like this? And it was my exact experience. Well, is there is there okay if we just dive into that? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. That one's kind of the big one. That one was kind of like when I was a kid. Um, sorry, I'm playing with a lighter now. <laughs> not that I have a lighter in my house because it's for lighting birthday candles. This is what it is. Room dance on <laughs> That's ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's a Mario reference. Don't worry about cool, it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Just so you know, mom. <laughs> um, oh, my mom's not listening to <laughs> She would say something about some pseudoscience bullshit. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Now, before we jump into the story, do you feel like the way pop culture identifies ghosts and supernatural and movies and TV shows, do you feel like that has a negative impact on people's real experiences or kind of degrades it or how, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think it ca causes a lot of misunderstanding. Like that whole ghost adventure show is just right. full of bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also most of the people trying to film ghost stuff is full of bullshit mm -hmm. because a lot of times if you bring, especially when we're talking about ghosts, like, um, and by ghosts, um, I mean specifically things that are supposed to be people who have passed on. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like, I'm not entirely sure what a ghost is. Sometimes I think a ghost is maybe the spirit of someone and it seems you seem to be able to interact with it. It sees you, it observes you, it reacts to you. Sometimes it's like they're a recording and they're just doing the things that they were doing in life. And like from what I've been told, which I'm not sure, um, you know, like I'm not saying like take this like it's like the truth, but like a lot of people who have experienced these ghosts that just do the same thing over and over again, that tends to be someone who's died from a traumatic death. And in my mind, that's less of like their spirit being there and more of like like something got stuck in the energy of the space. Like there's a scar mm. almost. And it's like, it's just something about the energy of the space mm. makes it like repeat because of the trauma or something like that. Interesting. Like if you look at the sci-fi channel, it feels like it's just full of junk bullshit to pull in those yeah. people like you were talking about that just believe for no reason. Yeah, yeah They haven't yeah. had experiences, they haven't done anything. It's just a form of entertainment. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of the time, if you bring an entire like film crew, like all of those people with all of those electronic equipment, like a lot of people will tell you that like, no ghost is gonna show up in that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it disturbs whatever it is that makes them possible. It's kind of why people think that like ghosts show up more late at night is because there's less activity there's less people to mm. like disturb and that's right. why also people think that there's like certain areas of houses that are more haunted because like there's less traffic so attics yeah. like hallways in the basement you know what i mean basements yeah they're not like sharks you can't chum the water to yeah, get them yeah. to come in exactly you know? yeah in my experience the more active in areas the less likely you are to see something you know what i mean like ghost tours or like anything kind of during the day if like it's an active area you can definitely see stuff during the day believe you me um but it's like only if you're like alone in a less active place mm -hmm. yeah and i think i'm not to say that 
um, like that doesn't have some validity to it. But I think also there's like people mistaking things for for ghosts and spirits are more likely to happen at night or in like an isolated place that's kind of spooky, like a basement or something. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's, it, maybe it's like a mix of things, you know, Definitely. But I, I mean, I guess before we started doing this podcast, I would be like, well, you know, people see things and like, you know, they don't know exactly what it is and brains, like our brains are like wired to like, uh, jump to patterns and try mm-hmm. to like explain it. But then, you know, we've had some crazy stories on this podcast. And I'm like, well, we're it's like no that yeah I'm, I'm making it up right so. or like things where like more than one person saw the same thing yeah. and it's just kind of like okay well I do have what's going like on that. Yeah. yeah it's more that like you 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 tend to a lot of people tend to be people who have had they say they've had no experiences you mm-hmm. know what I mean and then they actually see something that they can't refute yeah I mean that they can't just be like I don't know what that was or that was a little weird but I don't want to think about it I don't want to digest it and then they actually experience something and then they start to notice all of the other stuff that they have seen but they haven't even give, give, given credence to yeah because like 100% the most like definitive ones is like when you are looking straight on and something is looking back at you and disappears in front of your face or moves something or talks to you like that happens. Yeah. And it's like, I remember one time I was in a church with like two, three other people and an ex-girlfriend. And at the same time, we saw this like little, yep, this little boy run through the pews and it was both of us we just both watched him and then he disappeared this was at like two in the morning in a church alone because our one friend who worked there used to clean up and he's like this place always freaks me out i want to bring you here to like see if anything happens some stuff happened had that person who brought you there had had he seen that before too as well or Mm -hmm. he just had a feeling yeah the actually the freaky thing about it is he mostly had this feeling about um this area behind the organ yeah so what happened i'll I'll start from the beginning of that particular one is that he decided to bring us to this church because he wanted to see if we'd see anything and so it was like four of us me my ex-girlfriend him and another friend of ours um who was a skeptic um so we came in and at first like you could really feel it sometimes it feels like a blanket of coldness or pressure or something like that um and then as soon as we got into the actual church area like i could see things kind of going around and i thought that was very interesting they looked like orbs and stuff but it it didn't really start kicking in until like a child ran across the pews like we said and then me and my girlfriend saw that my ex-girlfriend and then we went up in the pews to kind of like look at everything and then she's like i also think that there's a woman up here like i thought i saw a woman and then when we walked up the stairs we turned around the corner and we could see her it was but it's like she wasn't fully appeared, but she was kind of like, it was like a definite shadow of a woman kind of hunched over. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't make out features, but it was kind of like a silhouette. And we kind of like sat close to her and we could just feel the sadness. And the impression that I got is that she was somehow connected to the child. Like it might not have been her child, but she was at least watching over it. And, but the weirdest thing that happened that night, because couldn't hear her but i was sitting she was about like an arm's length away oh wow and still there because it was like two in the morning um the weirdest thing is that he wanted to show us behind the organs so we went behind the organs um 
and I could feel something very foreboding because I'm kind of, I, I've gone into these areas a lot and I kind of get like an emotional impression of things, at least for me. Um, but I did kind of a ritual that like, I personally believe that when it comes to like spiritual stuff, it's kind of more about whatever you can kind of put your belief into. So that's why for Christians, like Christian stuff works. That's why for anyone mm. and anything that they put their spiritual belief into works for them. So I did this ritual. It's like a mantra. And then at the same time, we all felt air rush past us. But, oh, sorry, I missed the best part. Right before that, when things were getting scary, we all heard someone like say something. This was before you went behind the organ? No, this is when we went behind the organ. Okay. This we, was before you did the mantra? Before I did the mantra. Okay. Um, we felt that feeling. We heard something say, and we, I only say we heard something because like two of us heard one thing, two of us heard another thing. Um, but when we went outside after like we had felt the wind and felt like the pressure lift, um, my ex-girlfriend was like, what was it saying? Did it say Levy? Like a name Levy? And I was like, you heard that too? I heard it say, leave me. Like, mm. And then my friend Kenneth, who had brought us there, he's like, yeah, I heard leave me too. Gee. Yeah. So that one was pretty creepy. But, Weird. Mm -hmm. And then you, so you heard leave me mm -hmm. and then you said a mantra and then you felt like, this just like air rush past you? Yeah. Wow, almost like like if something was there, it was just like, all right, fine, you're not gonna leave me, I'm heading out myself. Yeah. Wow. Well, sometimes, sometimes there are things that I don't think are, I have no idea what they are, mm -hmm. but there does tend to be things that end up being more harmful and i don't think that they're always human you know what i mean like people call them demons yeah um but also other people have different uh some people think that like you know hurt souls like you know like there's there's certain like uh in more asian cultures they differentiate between like they call them all ghosts but there's like angry ghosts and there's like less angry ghosts um you know, like, so some cultures think that they're just harmed human souls that mm -hmm. have become more harmful in some way. I personally believe that they're not human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the thing that I started to talk to before that started like coming after me when I was small. Oh yeah. Let's get to that. But I do want to ask you, uh, going back to this woman you saw sitting in the pews. Oh yeah. First of all, I'm just amazed that you saw this woman and then decided I'm going to sit down next to her. Cause I'm, I would have been like, um, I'm getting the fuck out of this church. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so you sat down and then did she just stay there did she yeah did she leave did she ever acknowledge you at any point um i felt in here this is this is the part that i'm even i'm not going to be like definitely this is how it happened like because i only got impressions and i'm not sure how accurate those were like the thing of maybe i just in my mind imagined that she had some connection with the the, the kid that was running up and down the pews yeah um but what happened is that i sat on one side and my ex-girlfriend sat on the other side and then we kind of compared notes after, but she, the, the crazy thing is, and it was pretty weird is that usually if you get close enough to them, they go away. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
a lot of the times. Right. I assume ghosts are like wild animals and that if they see you, they're like, whoop, but... But sometimes they are actually yeah. trying to tell you stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes they are actually trying to get in contact with you. When, when these things started to happen to you or you started to observe, how did you rationalize that and continue your everyday life? Like, how did you find a compartment to put that in and just continue to go through the world? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, think, I think I was pretty young. So pretty early on, it was like, I only had to rationalize it when I was older. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think part of the reason I think a lot of people when they're children experience these things and then it's kind of like socialized out of them. Like they're kind of trained into like editing that out of their experience or what they think is happening. You know what I mean? Um, They like learn to shut it off. And I think uh, even people with a lot of like intuition and a lot of like kind of like they're like made to be sensitive to like energy states, energy forms and stuff like like sensing it and stuff like that um, can use that same energy to kind of like block it all out. Cause like there's some people who like, or much less likely to experiencing anything paranormal cause they have kind of a shield around them, like a spiritual shield. But for me, I think because my mom, I had this experience when I was younger that kind of made it concrete for me. And then after that experience, because my mom kind of came to it too, she started uh, noticing that things were wrong. She acknowledged it to me. So I think I was never really pressured to like uh, shut up about it. It's always Mm. been something that's been part of my experience. Yeah, because as a society, we're Mm. not kind to people who may perceive to have gifts or see things that we don't or which is ironic because so many people such staunch believers in their religion Mm. with little to no proof of what they believe but when it comes to somebody telling you an eyewitness account or something they're like you're fucking crazy we're coming for you organized church (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's tough I remember early on, I always told people, like, you don't have to believe me. I don't want to know if you believe me or not. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't I don't care to because, like, for me, this stuff is real enough that I can't just go didn't happen. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And but I also know that I can't make anyone believe anything. Right. Yeah. You don't need their justification for what you know has transpired. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that first event that kind of shaped your experience early on, is that the is that for lack of a better word, your uh demon story that of the entity that followed you around? Yeah. One or two experiences before that, but Uh they weren't bad experiences. Gotcha. My family's always been a little spooky. Like my mom was doubtful of stuff, but she had also had like stories from her childhood and her family that like uh, she would tell like this one time uh, she was riding a bike and she wasn't paying attention. Um, And then she felt like someone grabbed on her back and pulled her off the bike. And but all she remembers seeing is her bike going forward and getting hit by a car. And then her and like looking around for the person that pulled her oh off. Oh my God. Wow. And they weren't there. And then there were like a couple experiences like that, like things she couldn't explain, but she never rationalized it as to like something until kind of around this time I've had this experience, which was also kind of a spiritual awakening for my mom. But if we want to get into that. Yeah, yeah let's do let's it. Let's get into it. This one happened when I was really young and continued on for a really pretty long time. Um, even into my teens, technically. 
Um, and I've been warned to not tell this story, but I think because of the way it ends, it's okay to tell this story because some people say that with certain entities to like speak of them or talk about them or in any way like portray them as powerful will attract them to other people and like, let like, them like Voldemort exactly no. exactly like Voldemort there's a and it's like that like what you were saying about um media and stuff like that some of it is complete bullshit yeah. but yeah. some of it honestly you i'll watch stuff and i'll be like this person has seen stuff oh interesting you know like like um or someone in this production like the writer or the cinematographer this someone in here has seen stuff mm -hmm. and sometimes you can even like you'll notice because it continues like movie to movie or show to show right. it's like everything you touch has that really like genuine paranormal vibe to it oh you mean like paranormal or like horror movies yeah. that you're watching and you're like oh someone involved in this movie has yeah. had an experience like insidious yeah is actually like not not everything about the movie but certain things about the movie um seem super uh realistic you know mm. what i mean like i really think that the director or whoever thought of the story experienced something and then they've even brought it into like their other movies i'm like mm. it like makes me feel like and it makes me remember what it's like to experience some of this stuff right so here's this story yeah and this actually ties into a lot of the stuff i've been talking about i was very young i was probably around seven years old um i was in oh this actually starts before that um, we lived in a house and I moved into this house when I was about five years old. But before I started, I moved into this house, I kept having this recurring dream where um, my family was moving into a new house, which wasn't that weird because I knew we were moving soon. Um, and I'd never been to the house or anything like that. But I knew that there was a future house coming up. So anyway, um, I had a dream that we were moving into this house and that me and my older sister, Rachel, were going to go check out the room that we were gonna share. And it was upstairs in the house. And uh, we went up there and there was like a green shag rug, like kind of like uh, uh, that wooden board. It's not actual like drywall or anything, but it's like kind of what you have here, but it's not painted. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Is it kind of like, like wood paneling? Wood paneling. Yeah. Um, short wood paneling doors and then you could see the roof like that so like the room like an a-frame like kind of a-frame yeah. so it was upstairs and you could see like the the uh the roof line or whatever yeah. and then the wood panel we're making uh gestures for listeners <laughs> of what, what roofs look like so like tiny people houses <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> but anyway like there's a lot of detail in this dream because i had it over and over again but anyway the thing that we did is that we went in this room looked around and then my sister went up to the one of the wood paneled walls and pushed it and it clicked and then it started to slide to the side this is in the dream oh, okay so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like whoa like, this is the dopest house <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and it clicked and it started to slide to the side and what i can remember about my because i used to have a lot of recurring uh nightmares when mm -hmm. i was a kid is i would have a little bit and then I would have again, it would go a little bit farther. And then I would have it again, it would go a little bit farther and I'd get a little bit more of the dream every time. Mm -hmm. So basically as we were getting ready to move into this house, I kept having more and more of this dream. But 
he would get to the point where we'd click open the door and then we'd go into that space beyond the secret door mm -hmm. and it was all black it was like we were walking into we couldn't see the floor it was like we we're just walking into blackness until we saw these two beds kind of in the distance and my, i remember watching my sister walk up to the two beds and they were like they were next to each other and at the head of the bed there was this window and it was there was light streaming in through the window and at and the two beds were right here and we were coming from like the f end of the bed towards the foot of the bed and i watched my sister walk up in between the beds turn around and she got really scared and then all of these and there were like these two cabinets at the foot of each bed and all of these ghosts started spilling out of the cabinets and wrapping themselves around her and like choking her to death in front of me so i in the dream tried to like run to her and like to help her and i looked around and i noticed that there like there was one teddy bear at the foot of each bed and ghosts were spilling out of its eyes mm. and strangling my sister and then they turned and started to attack me and that's the last time i had the dream and i woke up the thing about this dream is that when we actually ended up moving into the house and this is when it started and i was very young so i couldn't really tell anybody you know what i mean um, I went up into the room and it was green shag carpet, wood paneled walls. We could see, you could see the roof. I forget what that's called, but it's the upstairs. The A-frame. The A-frame. And, and it was the window where the window should be. Oh. Um, so obviously like, I don't remember if I did, but like I went to see if there was a, uh, secret passageway. Luckily there was no secret passageway, oh, man. but there was a crawl space. If you went in the closet in the room and then went to the back of the closet, you could move a little panel and there was a crawl space. So that was enough to really freak me out. Yeah. However, that's not the end of the story. We moved all our stuff in there and me and my sister were sharing that room until she got like sick of sharing the room with me. And I think when it started, I was a little bit older than five. So I had the room to myself. And uh, I was sitting in the room playing with an Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, and this was the first time I had ever like experienced this yet, or at least the first time I remember. Um, so basically I'm in my bedroom and it's the upstairs bedroom, the one that I described. And there's a hallway and then my parents' bedroom was across the way. If you have my door open, you can see all the way into their bedroom. And then the down and the the stairs going down were in the hall in the middle of the hallway. So I was sitting at the my bedroom door playing with the Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure when I was I'm used to like ADHD my whole life. A lot of things get past me. I felt like someone walked out from behind me. Uh, into the hallway. So not really thinking anything of it, I looked up and I noticed that there wasn't anyone around me. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and I looked back down at the Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure and its face had changed shape. And it was like, it like you know, action figures are mostly placid, yeah. normal, neutral expression, mm -hmm. but its mouth was all the way open and it looked terrified. So like I was just looking at it and I got so scared immediately that I just threw it down the hallway and into um, my parents' bedroom and it landed 
right by their bed because I could see the foot of their bed when their door was open. And um, when it landed, I was staring at it. And then this green hand slithered out from under the bed and grabbed it and then pulled it under the bed. And I was filled with so much fear that I just like, I stood there and I ran downstairs and I went under the couch and I just cried. My mom was in the basement. She used to do like stained glass and stuff. So she didn't hear me. So, but I remember staying under that couch and like crying for several hours, or at least what I thought was several hours when you're a kid, time was very slow, but that was the first time I saw it. And you said it was a green hand that came out? Yeah. Was it like a glowing type thing or just a a hand that was green? It looked rotted. Like it was like rotted flesh. It was like withered. I can still remember it very, very clearly because that was not even close to the last time I saw it. Did you ever get that action figure back? Man, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Was Um, its face back to normal? Yeah, its face was completely back to normal. Um, but I didn't play with it ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just kind of put it in the basement yeah. and left it there. Its purpose had been served. I didn't go Right. But basically <laughs> what happened after that point is that I would go through cycles. Like I would, I would get used to being alone in my room and everything being fine. And then I'd be sitting there alone and then I'd get this feeling like tingles on my neck, tingles on my shoulders. And it would like, it was like everything was like closing in around me, like just an intense pressure, like the room was getting tighter. And then I would look down the hallway and it would be there again. But instead of coming out from out from behind the bed or underneath the bed, it'd be in front of their doorway or coming out from their like uh, uh, bureau or something like that. And then it started coming out the stairway you know what I mean? Every time it was just getting closer. Like, was it like a disembodied hand or? No, it was always, it was always looked as if I were to like turn the corner or look under the bed, I'd see the rest of it. Right. But it was always coming out from behind something. So yeah. Like, gotcha. Sometimes I'd see this much of it and I'm just, I'm for the view listeners at home, I'm just sticking my wrist out. Um, sometimes I'd see a whole forearm and mm-hmm. it would kind of slither. Sometimes it was like just laying like this like whole arm out you know what i mean but like the the creepiest thing about it to me is a lot of times it would wait for me to notice it like it would just lay its arm out like this and then i'd be like where is it where is it and then i'd see it and then it would just slither back Mm -hmm. and it was like really fucking creepy and the worst thing is is that this continued for years um and it would just get closer and closer to me started coming out of the stairway and then it started coming out from behind my own doorway or out of the closet and it or out from underneath my own bed and was just getting closer and closer until um one time i had had enough and i just like it came out from under my bed i was very upset but then i jumped off of my bed and i started stomping up and down and i started screaming like fuck you you shit like i was like 13 years old or something Mm -hmm. and so i just started screaming every bad word i knew which was mostly like asshole fuck shit so this had been going on for a long period of time Mm -hmm. from like childhood into teens wow that's when i stopped seeing it but it didn't go away Um, and there was also another entity, which I wasn't sure if it was the same one, but like that also started coming up in my teens, like, because I'd be the last one to go to bed at night. So this thing, I feel like they almost were in conjunction or something. I know it sounds like crazy, but like I'd be up late at night doing homework 
And then what started happening is that when I'd go up my stairs, up the stairs to go to bed, this silhouette would come out from the closet, look at me and then chase me up the stairs. Like I can just remember several times where I would just like get that feeling again. I turn around and then it was like the thing it would, it would move really strangely. It would like run really fast, stay still and then charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause I would be going up the stairs and then it was there. Like it would make a big sound. It would open the door. It was so loud that a lot of times, like my dad would wake up. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like the first time it chased me into my room, uh, it was banging on the door and until the light turned on then it stopped cold. And then my dad came through my door. He's like, why the fuck were you banging on the door? You know what I mean? But I wasn't, I was just in my bed watching my door being banged on. Yeah. Until he came oh my from, gosh. yeah. But the the whole part of that being kind of a spiritual awakening for my mom is that she, once like I kept telling her about how these things were happening, started talking to some of her friends, and they're like, "Yeah, this this kind of stuff happens sometimes." Like I'll I'll come over and I'll like uh, I'll like do a reading because like she was like a real hippie she would like sell stained glass and she got to know a lot of people at like psychic fairs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so basically um uh, my mom's friend grace came over and she's like something terrible has happened here Uh, i'm not sure what it is but it is but i feel like it has something to do with kids um but that's when it kind of became real for my mom and then later down the line i started like Cause my family was, we were all a little like, uh, growing up, we didn't like talk to each other much. We were all a little like separated. Mm -hmm. It was a very tense household. Like, um, but when we grew up and started to bond again, we started to find out that we all had weird paranormal experiences and that Mm -hmm. we had actually all felt and seen a lot of the same stuff, but we didn't, we weren't talking about it. It was all something we were like experiencing in isolation. How many siblings do you have? Uh, one older sister, one younger sister, and a niece, okay. who's my older sister's daughter, but kind of grew up with, she's more of a sister, really. Yeah. 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 But they had similar experiences? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So did you all have these experiences in the same house? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure my, like, my my sister, turns out she never liked going upstairs because she used to see the thing, the black silhouette, too. So she would have, she saw the same mm-hmm. thing that... Wow. Did anyone else see the green hand? No. That's that's your green hand. Me, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Years later, and like you can take anything I say with a grain of salt, because I just encourage people to just really pay attention to what they experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like to believe yourself, like not just be like this, just go off of anything. But if you're really experiencing something weird, like if you see a little girl in your bathroom three or four times, there's probably a little girl in your bathroom. You know what I mean? Like we always say, see something, say something. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's our motto. Nice. Nice. See something, email it at realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com. That's perfect. What's up, guys? Noah Daniels here. That's part one of Devin's Demons. Next Monday, we'll bring you part two. Till then. Ooh. 
Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.